greeting. I don't think we've done this uh, except maybe twice this year with all the corona restrictions that we've had in the past. <laughs> um, so it's great that we can interact and shake hands and talk with each other. I'm wondering what the lesson we learn from life is, and I want to talk about that this morning. Um, all of us go through all kinds of crisis and problems, and I was just thinking about this this morning, because we're in this series, uh, Jesus is I Am in the book of John. Uh, how many know how many... I am statements Jesus made in the book of John. Anybody know? Robin knows. Anybody else knows? Nobody else? Raise your hand if you, if you know how many statements he made. Okay. What is the number of perfection in the Bible? Seven. So shouldn't it just make sense that if Jesus is, if John is going to write a book about Jesus, that there should be seven statements that he made about who he is? So there are seven I am statements in the book of John. Last week, we took a look at I am the, was it the bread? What was, what was it? Okay, I am the bread. It's hard to remember one week ago. <clears throat> um, so this morning, I'm going to be talking about I am the light of the world. Uh, have you ever had any kind of incident happen in your life where you walked in darkness and got into an accident. Has that ever happened to you? You're in a dark place and you trip and fall or you bump into something and you didn't even realize that it was there. <clears throat> the uh, other, probably two months ago, I just thought I'm sure-footed, I've exercised so my legs are strong and I was taking the rubbish out in the morning about six o'clock and it was kind of dark and I thought, I don't need the light. So I turned the light from the stairs off. And I was carrying this bag of rubbish down the stairs and thought, I'm sure-footed enough that I can make every single one. And I missed a step. Right about halfway on the sixth step, there's 13, 15 steps. <clears throat> and right before the major landing, and I was falling forward. And I just felt myself getting nudged over to the left where the railing was. I hit the railing with my ribs, and it was really, really sore. I mean, it was really painful. <clears throat> and because it was the force of my entire 145 pounds, you know, hitting that, that rail. I didn't realize how bad that fall was until Susan, my wife, told me, probably in three days later, she said, you know what happened to the rail? <laughs> said, there's this crack between the post and the rail where the caulking is and the paint is really smooth and there's a crack. You, you crack the thing. And I thought, I can't believe that. And it was painful for about two or three days and it wasn't painful anymore except when I would exercise. And I could feel it so I, I couldn't do any kind of major exercise for my upper body. But I was really, this is what I was surprised at, that uh, I didn't crack my bones. 
because that is the worst thing to happen when you get to be a senior, right? You, if you break a bone, you break your hip. That happened to my dad. And he was about 90 years old, exercising regularly. He thought he could live to 100, pretty healthy, really sharp in his mind. And when he got into an accident and broke his hip, he didn't want to live anymore. He had, he had, he had to walk around with a walker. He hated that. And I says, I don't want to live anymore <laughs> with having to just get around this way. And so within, they said that if you break your hip within two years, you know, a person will die. And that's not too good a perspective when, when you get old, right? But I was so glad, and I didn't think about this until one of my friends was telling me this, that I exercise regularly, lift weights, pretty heavy weights on a regular basis, that when you do that, and I do that just to strengthen my muscles, and I didn't realize that when you do that, you also strengthen your bones. And my bones were so strong that it could withstand that, um, that impact. <coughs> um, I didn't want to tell you all that story, but because I'm talking about light and darkness this morning. Um, so Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Father, thank you that you are an amazing God, that you've called us to yourself. We can't see you physically, but we know that we have had the witness of who you are in our hearts, that Jesus is your son, that your word is true, and that when we follow you, we walk in light. And so we just ask you to teach us this morning from this revelation of who Jesus is that would enable us to understand your heart and how you look at the world and how you look at us. We ask in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. You know, it's a really scary thing. It's a dangerous thing to live in this world. I don't know if, don't know if you've ever thought about that. Because this world, the Bible calls this world a place of darkness. And when you walk in darkness, it's dangerous. And I was thinking about Jesus. You know, Jesus being God in this world, that's who he was, was a dangerous thing for him. Can you grab that? Can you grasp that? Being God in this world, a world that didn't invite him and welcome him, was dangerous. Not only did he get rejected, he got killed. And I thought about that and I thought, you know, we, we live such comfortable lives in America with all the comforts and luxury and everything that we have. We have enough for ourselves. But when Jesus came, he knew that the world he was living in, that he was coming into, was a dangerous place. And I don't think that we have that kind of concept in our minds. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. There's a contrast between light and darkness. Complete contrast. Jesus says, I'm the light, and this world is a world of darkness. And then he says, when I am received as that light, I will bring life. So what Jesus was saying, and this is 
totally, totally uh, incomprehensible to us. But God came in human flesh 2,000 years ago. <laughs> he is the great I am, the Old Testament revelation to Moses when Moses was apprehended by that burning bush. And he asked, who are you? Who's this? Who are you, this God that is calling me? And God says, I am that I am. This is Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, I think. And Jesus is coming into the world, and he is proclaiming that he is that I am. I am the God that revealed himself to Moses that changed the entire history of the nation of Israel, and I'm come in flesh in this world. You know what the response to Jesus was 2,000 years ago? You know, most of us love to be loved, right? We love to be accepted. But do you know if we follow Jesus Christ, we're going to have to realize that we live in a world of darkness. There is darkness all around us. Uh, the forces of darkness opposed Jesus while he was seeking to help the helpless. Jesus came to help people. But there was, there was a group of people in this world that exists that are not out to help others. They're out to help themselves. And they don't care who they step over and who they hurt in order to be able to achieve their ends. We're living in that kind of world. I, I don't like to talk about that, but that's the reality of the world that we live in. <clears throat> the forces of darkness oppose Jesus while he's came to seek to help the helpless. And I was just thinking about that, that there's deception all around us, whether you realize this or not. There's deception about God. You know, he doesn't, he's not necessary. He's a crutch. Uh, there's deceptions about the Bible. Uh, the Bible's not God's word. It's just, if you like it, it's great. It's good literature, not necessarily divine. Money. There's all kinds of thoughts about money. And I don't know if you realize I can get on a, a lot of these topics. Gender. Uh, we understand gender clearly as men and women, and there's a confusion right now that is, that is uh, going across our country that is so crazy. When you look at it, anybody watching it knows people are foolish, right? Uh, family. The whole concept of family, life, even the food we eat. I'm not sure whether you realize this, but um, I'm going to talk a little bit about health this morning and how the whole concept of what health is has been totally destroyed in our nation because of a desire for money, for profit, for gain. And some of the good foods we eat, uh, I, I believe that God has made us so that our bodies heal themselves. You know, if you cut yourself, you don't have to do too much except just make sure that there's no germs that get in there and you automatically will heal, right? Everything that God has created about us will heal ourselves if we are giving the right material to our bodies. It's just like a car. Yeah, you give the right materials to the car, the car runs well. Uh, Sharina was using the John's band this past week and it started smoking and I just smoke started coming out of the engine, you know, because there was not enough water in there. You don't give the proper materials needed to a car, and it's not going to function. 
our bodies work the same way. And so I'd like to talk a little bit about health this morning too. <clears throat> this is what happened with Jesus. Jesus came on the scene and there was a group of people that didn't like him and they wanted to get rid of him. Some of them would have taken him captive, put him, laid him in prison, but they were afraid of what the people would say. Uh, at the end of this chapter, chapter 8, where Jesus I'm the light of the world, they took up stones because he says, uh, before Abraham was, I am, I think verse 44, before Abraham was, I am, he says that, no, 50, verse 56, and they looked at him and they, they, they said, you are claiming blasphemy, you, are, you claim yourself to be God, we're going to kill you, and they took up stones to cast at him, and Jesus was able to hide himself. So the story that we're looking at this morning, I, I asked the question, because when I was reading this verse, I'm the light of the world, uh, whosoever followed me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I looked at that, and I said, this is out of place. He is speaking these words when the Pharisees bring this adulterous woman caught, the Bible says, in the very act of adultery before Jesus, and then asked Jesus, what should we do with this woman? Because Moses' law says we need to stone her. What do you say? And Jesus wouldn't respond. I mean, he could have gotten into an argument, though. He, he, he didn't respond. He just got on his knees and began writing, interesting, in the temple by the treasury. Not writing in dirt. He was writing on marble stone. And he was just writing. And then he stands up and he says, looks at all the people, and these guys kept pestering him. What are we supposed to do? Tell us. And he ignored them, kept writing and writing. They kept pestering him. Tell us what to do. What shall we do? With because they knew this was a setup, right? Uh, they, they had to have planned this out. They were going to say, Jesus, here's this woman. If you say stone her, all the people who heard that you're a God of love is going to realize that you're uh, a deceiver. If you, say to, if you say to let her go, you are going against God and his word. And so they thought they caught him in a trap. You know what they had to do? They had to sit this woman up so that they could discover her in the very act of adultery. That's what the Bible says. When does that ever happen? They caught her. They brought the woman, but what happened to the man? So Jesus is writing. He stands up and he makes this comment. He says, he that is without sin cast the first stone. There's, there's a lot of interpretations about this, um, this passage of the Bible. Uh, I heard that when he was kneeling down, that he was writing names of women. I don't know how he would write it on marble stones, you know, but he was writing names of women that these men who are accusing this woman of had relationships with. <clears throat> I don't know. Doesn't say. Another interpretation that I heard was that Jesus was saying, uh, he that is without this sin, it's an adjective, 
that was used. He that is without this adulterous sin, you be the first one to cast the stone. And then it's really interesting. The Bible says that they were pricked in their conscience. He was, Jesus just left them to think for themselves. And their conscience convicted them. And they realized they were people of sin, and one by one, they left. And this woman is left alone. And Jesus says, where's your accuser? None of them are here. He says, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And then he makes the comment, I am the light of the world. And I thought, what? That doesn't make sense. Why is he calling himself the light of the world? So this is my understanding. And I'm going to share this. We might not get into too much of, of this. <clears throat> but the first thing that light does is it exposes and dispels darkness and evil. That's the first thing that light does. It exposes what's, what's wrong in darkness. Darkness hide, uh, evil hides in darkness. And light, Jesus, who was a light, exposed the hearts of the Pharisees. They were, they were willing to use a woman as a pawn, get her killed even, in order to be able to uh, minimize the effect of Jesus' influence on the people. So that's the first thing that I saw, that light exposes and dispels darkness and evil. And there's a lot of darkness and a lot of evil all around us all the time. And if we accept everything that we hear, everything that comes on the news, everything that is uh, acceptable uh, traditions and ideas, it's really going to be dangerous for us. And, and I'll talk about some of this. <clears throat> um, so why is Jesus calling himself the light of the world? Because light reveals, right? Light exposes, dispels darkness and evil. And then the other thing that light does is it reveals and displays God's goodness and God's love. So when, the, when he looked at the he looked differently at the woman than he did at the Pharisees. He saw evil in the Pharisees and he addressed it. And he looked at the woman and he was gracious and loving to her. So light both exposes darkness and gives life and help. Yeah, the, during the whole corona thing, one of the major things that was really important was that you get out and you get out into the sunlight. Because the more sunlight, you get 20 minutes of sun a day, your body gets to be very, very healthy because it stimulates the growth of um, your hormones and your immune system <coughs> and uh, releases vitamin, vitamin D. Uh, I want to get to the slide that says deceived, the, the lies that bind us. Um, you know, there's all kinds of deceptions. It, just take this one thing about money. You know, we're told that uh, if you get a loan, a 15 or 20 year loan or 30 year loan for uh, a mortgage, that it's only going to be 5%. I don't know if you've ever done this. Do this calculation. <clears throat> Because we just accept what, what is being presented to us, right? So you're giving a certain payment every single month that you give. Calculate the first year of payment 
compared to the loan and the interest that you pay on that loan, and you will find that a 5% loan, that that first year you will pay like 30 to 40% of interest. Most of us don't, don't, are not aware of that. There, there are deceptions in the money arena, in the social arena, in our government, and in health. And I wanna just kind of focus on health. We're in one month, a little over a month, we're gonna be having a seminar here. And we began this about four or five years ago. I began to understand that there are forces working against us in the entire health field. Uh, and I began to understand things about that. There's probably seven major things that I understand about health today. And when I look at myself, I'm so grateful to God because uh, today, I actually play better tennis than I did when I was in my 50s. I can get to balls faster. I can move faster. I hit harder. I'm getting better because I'm learning more. <laughs> I would think that when somebody gets to be 70 or 80, they've stopped learning because they felt the time of learning is over. Right? Uh, I believe that I probably might live God's being gracious to me, I might live to 100, pretty healthy, and maybe up to 120. And I realized we don't know about help. We don't know about help. So we began this uh, seminar a few years ago, taking control of your health, preventing and conquering. You know that our, our system is not a prevention uh, of chronic disease system. It's a treatment system. Once you get sick, then they treat you. They don't teach you how to get to the cause of the sickness and reverse it so that you can get well. It's just helping. What it is is um, not healthcare, it's sick care. I, I don't know if you can get your mind around this. Yeah. Our system is not a healthcare system, even though it's proposed as a healthcare system, it is a sick care system because when have you, whenever you've gotten sick, been told, if you do these things, this can be reversed, and if you do these things, this will never come back to you again. So we, we had the seminar to be able to just understand sickness. The health and wellness seminar is gonna be on 22nd of April, put that on your calendar, 22nd of April, it's a Saturday, 8.30 to 11.30. And um, so at the bottom of our cover, it says make healthy choices so you can live, live sickness and disease free. Is it possible to live sickness and disease free? Or is it just gonna happen because you get older? So this is what we have been taught in our society. You get sick because you get old. You get frail, you get weak. You fall, you stumble, you break your bones because you get old. I believe that our diet, our lifestyle is what causes us our problems. And we've got to understand what kind of society we live in and how we're living our lives, what we're eating. Um, because you are what you eat. We are what we eat. 
Okay, I'm, I was going to have Miles share something, but I, Miles, I don't have time this morning. Sorry. Because <clears throat> I've, got, I've got Carol coming up to share, share a thought. Light reveals, so light not only exposes what is darkness, light also provides help, grace, teaches. Light, the word of God is like light. It, it corrects us as well as teaches us. It shows us what's wrong and then teaches us what is the right pathway. And I just want you to, uh, let's see, I will just go to this one last scripture. This is at the tail end of your notes this morning. This is an amazing, amazing scripture. And I feel like God has helped guide my life, books I read, people I meet, uh, therapies I understand. Uh, there's so many interactions that I have had over the past five years. Um, beginning working with the, when, we, when I first started, first started working with the seniors, all it was was a Bible study. And then one year later, I just realized that there's so many problems that we face as seniors physically. We've got to understand what's going on. And so we started every single meeting. We've got 20 minutes of health. We, we just completed understanding cancer. And this is about four months ago. And in the last month, we have been looking at heart disease. What creates heart disease? What causes it? How, how can you prevent it? What can you take? And by the way, when we have this, um, I'm not sure, is Elaine Thomas here? Elaine here this morning, she's not here. Elaine has 30 years of uh, therapy background in nutritional science, helping thousands of people who have all kinds of problems. And um, she was the one that gave us an understanding. If you've got a heart problem, these are, there's like eight or nine uh, different uh, vitamins and herbs that you can take to reverse it. She, she was born with a, um, with a heart problem from, from birth. It was genetic. And yet, and the doctors thought she'd be dead, but she's alive. <laughs> um, this is a scripture that's really interesting. Third John 2. Beloved, can you bring that one up? Let, let's repeat this. I'm going to have Carol. Carol, can you come on up now? Let's read this together. Beloved, together, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosperous. You know what the Lord is saying? That if you're following him, walking with him, seeking his face, trying to do his will, and I believe understanding the scriptures is really, really important. Getting into the word is really important. Having, whether you do soap or journaling, making sure that every single day you're in the scriptures is really important because you're getting in tune with God through the scriptures. And through the course of the day, because you're in tune with God and God can speak to you through scriptures, he can more easily speak to you about what's going on in your life through the day. And one of the really interesting things, and I just kind of happened on this, it was really interesting. Because um, I was planning for one day, Susan and myself, because this is the general trend of seniors, right? That 
as you get older, one day you're gonna, you might have to be confined to a rest home, you know, to go to Halimakua or something. And it costs eight to $10,000 a month just to keep you there. <laughs> I thought, that's a lot of money. So, you know, we had put aside a good nest egg that could take care of that. And then I found out that you don't have to be weak. You don't have to be frail. You can reverse frailty in your body. And it shocked me. Two and, two and a half years ago, I don't know, how long, how long was that? Two years, something like that, right? So we studied this together in our senior group. And what happened with me was that I took the measurements of my body. I looked at how much fat I had, how much water I had, how much muscles I, I had. A, 115 percent, 115 pounds of muscles at that time. And I thought, if this is correct, that older people can develop muscles and get stronger, then it should show, if I keep a measurement of it for six months and I was lifting weights like I never lifted weights before, just started doing it, and I gained five pounds of muscles in six months. I went from 115 to 121 pounds of muscles stronger after the six months than when I began. So I was sharing this with the seniors. <clears throat> and I want you to listen to, this is Carol's story. This is a really interesting story. I did not measure my muscle strength or anything like that. <laughs> um, mine is a simple story, I guess, and it's in a way embarrassing. And I love all the things that Sharina said about uh, seniors and how you know, we are doing different things, and that's true, we want to. Um, but for me, you know, for me, aging just kind of crept up and was kind of um, sneaky and slow, and I suddenly realized a couple years ago, or several years ago, uh, well, what happened was I was sitting on the floor, and I realized I couldn't, get up off the floor by myself. I had to ask my granddaughters to help me. Um, and this was just kind of amazing because I just never thought, you know, it, would, it could happen like that. Um, because of the classes that Pastor has been having and the whole area of sarcopenia, and I realized that, I just thought at first, well, this is it, you know, I'm getting old. But because of that, I realized um, I could do something about it. And, you know, we had classes, and he talked about exercise and stuff. And I, um, my son, Gerald, is very um, good in this, and he started coaching me. And so I started doing a couple exercises, just a couple exercises. And today I can get up off the floor by myself <laughs> with some effort, but I can do it. <laughs> so uh, it is possible. I don't plan to live to 120, but <laughs> I, I do want to live, you know, as healthily as I can for as long as I can and hope to avoid, you know, going to Halemakua or something like that. But I'm just trusting God for the rest of it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. <clears throat> so what happened? Um, I'm just going to close this off this morning, but um, I want to invite you 
to our health seminar on the 22nd. Uh, Elaine is putting this together for us um, this year, and she has a, a tremendous amount of background. I have put in your bulletin uh, this index card. Can you take this index card out? And I want you to write any question regarding health that you want answered. And we're going to try and answer that during the seminar. Can you just fill that out? And let me tell you some stories, and then we'll end. Health is not the health is a really huge part of our lives, because if you're not healthy, you cannot enjoy your life. I feel like I'm enjoying more of my life than I have ever enjoyed it before. I'm just really enjoying it. <laughs> uh, Getting older doesn't mean that you're going to get frail and weak and you cannot grow. And I'm really glad that Sharina shared what she shared, you know, that, <clears throat> that uh, my life is an ins inspiration to her because I, I feel like God's calling upon my life. And we'll see whether this hold, holds out to be true over the next 20 years, whether I'm still alive <laughs> and functioning <laughs> or 120, whenever that happens. But if it's true, I don't want to just coast my life into the next 20 years. I want to enjoy it, have it profitable, learn a lot of things, and be able to help more people at the same time, right? And if that can be what I'm looking at our seniors, and I'm thinking they're the healthiest group of seniors I have, that I know of, because I've gone to different senior groups around. You know, and some of the churches are asking me to come and share with them what we're doing. Uh, but health is not the only area. Darkness fills our, our society. Um, I want you to keep filling out those papers, those cards with your health questions. Um, and then I'm going to have, if the ushers can just go around and pick it all up. Yeah. Uh, I've got two stories to share, and then we end this morning. Um, there is going to be a greater attack on our faith and what we believe in than we have ever seen before. And if you're not solidly planted in, in scriptures and in your faith and your commitment to God, uh, that foundation, if it's not solid, is going to get shaken. I saw a story of Josh Alexander this morning. I don't know if anybody saw that. <clears throat> a young boy in a Catholic school that didn't like the idea that girl, uh, that allowed into girls' bathroom, took a position in a Catholic school and got arrested for it in Canada. That just happened today or yesterday. Can you imagine that? Somebody who's just taking a position saying, I believe that men are men, women are women, keep the bathroom separate. And because he did not accept the, the idea that the Catholic school was allowing men into women's bathrooms, he got arrested. So that's a little glimpse of the darkness that we're living in, okay? The other thing is really interesting. Um, can the ushers go around and pick and pick up all the, the cards. The other thing that's really interesting is what's happening with our money system. 
I don't know if you're watching what's going on. You know, there's a picture that's painted that everything's okay, our finances are great, and for some people they are. But when you see gas going from $2 in two years to $5, something's happening, <laughs> right? And those that are working on fixed income and the past few days, all of a sudden, the 16th largest bank in America goes bankrupt. And the background story of this is all of the executives knew it was going to happen several years ago. And they sold all their stocks and shares to get the money. It can happen with any bank. And then they gave bonuses out to all the workers because they knew that they were going to declare bankruptcy. And then everybody who had money in the bank didn't have money anymore. Can that happen with any of the other banks? If it happens with one bank, it can happen with a lot of banks. So I was looking at this lesson this morning. Jesus said, I am the light in a world of darkness. Follow me, and you won't walk in darkness. I really believe we've got to get our ears tuned to what God is saying because we're living in a time that we're going to see crisis like the pandemic that we have never seen before. And we need to walk with the Lord, hear his voice, understand what's coming, and get prepared for it. Because we're living in an unprecedented period of human history that is going to mark our lives in a way that we have never seen it before. So let's stand together. Father, this morning, I just thank you and praise you that you have called us to follow you. You've given us clear directions in the scriptures to plan our lives and understand your will. And I just thank you that in every single sector of our lives, whether it's finances, in our careers, in our family, in our health, that when we follow you, you said that you are the light and darkness. So help us to realize that, that we, we have answers in the midst of all that's going on as we follow you and love you and understand your word. And I pray for you to dispel, we saw fear uh, come across the world with the pandemic, and there's going to be things that's going to happen all over the world uh, in similar fashion. But I ask, as we sang this morning, we've got a foundation that is solid in you, and we can face the rough waters and the challenging circumstances and have a foundation that is unshakable in you. So we just ask you, Lord, plant us solidly in your word and in walking with you so that that faith cannot be shaken. So we just give you thanks and praise for that. Guide us by your spirit. Guide us by your word. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's people said...